This week, the Magnificently Huge podcast goes to hell and back. Welcome to the Magnificently Huge Podcast with your hosts, Eric Reed, Brian Kruger, and Chris Ryerson. Three idiots who decided to slap an adverb together with an adjective to bring you one magnificently huge discussion each week about the movies and pop culture we kind of like, maybe even secretly love, before we ultimately crab all over them. We're not here to save the world, we're just here to make it weirder, one podcast at a time. This is Magnificently Huge. Welcome, everyone, once again to the Magnificently Huge Podcast. My name is Brian, and this week my friends Chris and Eric will be joining me for a conversation about early 2000s Keanu Reeves' vehicle, Constantine. Constantine is a comics-based property that was made into a film on the back of The Matrix, and uh, I, apparently Keanu is up for a sequel soon sometime, so that, that should be interesting, like nearly 20 years on. Uh, and I'd never seen it before, so thought, hey, this is another opportunity for us to catch up on uh, a few gaps in the old backlog there. So we checked it out, and you should check it out too. If you like the show, um, subscribe to the podcast. Share on our social media feeds with your friends. We're always trying to grow it. Um, if you want to check the show notes, we've got a batch of the fresh shit where we talk about the new stuff. So check the timestamps to find what you want. And if you want to reach out to us, just go to our website, maghuge.com, M-A-G-H-U-G-E.com. Uh, there you can find links to our Twitter. We still have a Twitter. We should probably just pay for a blue check mark that says that we're a much more popular podcast or something, you know, like Joe Rogan, Magnificently Huge or something like that and see if we could drum up business that way or or we should just get the hell off of twitter uh anyway uh we're still there for now and then there's a facebook and an instagram and you can email us at magnificently huge at gmail.com and blah 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 let's get on with the show constantine i want to kill the devil constantine <laughs> da, 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 da. No. he's on he's on smoke I, out, I, alone i was an fbi agent <laughs> <laughs> i'm on smoke out. Leave me alone. I'm on smoke <laughs> Leave me alone. Okay, everybody. Welcome to the Magnificent the Huge podcast. Hey. Let's kick it off. My name is Brian. Hey, My Brian, name is Eric. Hey, we're all here. Robot hey. roll call. Yeah, if we may. We did it. Yeah. Very quickly. So what are you so guys Brian, been up to? I've, I've, I've been in mortal terror uh, thinking about the election that's going to happen this week and uh, how we're all going to die. Yeah, it yeah. will have happened by the here's, time this airs. Yeah, here's the fun part. Whatever hor- horrors have occurred have occurred, and you're listening to this podcast, and we don't know what was coming because we recorded it the weekend before the election, mm-hmm. but we're going to assume that it's bad. Yeah. We're yeah. going to assume it's been very bad, and we all want to commit suicide hey, now. Yeah. Look, well, at it, look at it this way. If, if, if it, let's, let's say that uh, the election doesn't turn like the country full fascist, and let's assume that in light of that, every capital city does not burn down because people say rigged election. If all that doesn't happen, that only means we got out of trouble once. We basically, we have mm-hmm. to win every time. They only need to win once and then the whole country goes Nazi. I, yeah. uh, I, so so I it doesn't just, matter. Well, it's all bad. Yeah. I'm just, you know. I'm what makes me angry on a on the twenty four seven is their whole thing is predicated on the idea of if I win, everything's cool, but if I lose, it's rigged, it's fixed. Uh 
blah, 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 blah. It's yeah. like, at what point did the Democrats in the races just do the same thing to them and then utterly gut this democracy? It's just it's so... I mean, uh, we're, we're going to get there soon. Here's the nice thing, okay? You're living in a dystopian hellscape. Yeah. It has happened here. Fascism has come to America. And... You can soothe your anxiety by listening to us, yeah. the Magnificently Huge podcast. Just uh, don't try to find us on Twitter. We don't have a blue check because we're not paying anything over there. That's right. But don't Fuck worry. Somebody know. else will pay for it, and they'll tell you about how much we love Trump. <laughs> yeah. This country is uh, going to shit. I just... Uh, all right. What are we talking about? Good. Fucking... Uh, I don't know. Uh, let, uh, let, let's talk about how we run away from the anxiety by, by watching movies and TV yeah. and, and other crap in a segment we call The Fresh Shit. This shit is fresh! Is there anything new out? What What's what's new out that you have seen, Brian? I'm always curious because I have no uh, connection to anything in the theaters anymore. Since oh, the, oh, the okay. well, the truth of the matter is I walked out of a screening of Black Adam, so I can't really speak to that. Yes, <laughs> that you, good. Huh? I, I applaud you, sir. I applaud you. Um, well, it was that bad, but also so was the audience because the because the girls sitting next to us just kept getting their phones out and talking the whole time. And <sighs> so we moved to the only other available seats that were nearby, which, you know, it was about 15 minutes of the movie. We thought we were safe. It was like the two seats by the handicap. But then they those people showed up very late to the movie and were like, you know what? Fuck this. And we left. <laughs> <sighs> um, so didn't see that. Um, I actually want to talk about something much, much older than that, mm-hmm. but from a new perspective. Okay. So... Went and saw the touring company of a Broadway show. This is the revival of Oklahoma. Oh, wow. <laughs> not, yeah. wi- not Wyoming. W-I-O-M-I-N-G. W-I-O-M-I-N-G. Wyoming. No. <laughs> um, this is Oklahoma. Okay. And here's the thing about the new Oklahoma. I don't know who it's for. There's because the, the American Indians. Not even like. <laughs> well, okay. Wouldn't that be awesome? Like a revisionist Oklahoma, yeah. where the Trail no, of Tears this, shows up. Sorry, yeah. no, so Native American. I don't know why we still say Indian. Yeah, Native American Oklahoma. That's what this is yeah. for. We took all this shit, this and now we're the, singing. Oh God. This is a subversive ass production of Oklahoma. Ooh. There's no spectacle at all. It is the same book, the same songs. They change nothing about the script or the music. They just changed the tone and the perspective. So Curly is this just entitled, self-centered white dude who just thinks he's entitled to whatever, and it's perfectly fine that we're basically selling women at the thing that, that the show centers around. And, like, he comes in singing, Oh, what a beautiful morning, right? And, like, the one, the sheriff in the town is played by a black man, and he's just looking at Curly the whole time like, This motherfucker... <laughs> like, I cannot believe this fucking guy. And and that's the thing. It's it is Oklahoma, but it's just it's yeah. from the perspective of Lori, the girl, about just how patriarchal the whole thing is. Awesome. And then so 
And so then what, like the Surrey with the fringe on top shows up and they sing it like a Leonard no, Cohen song? they don't even bring the Surrey out. There's no Surrey. This is a stripped down minimalist production. None of the spectacle is present. Right. But they sing the song, and right? They sing the song. They or? sing the song. Yeah. You know, it, but yeah, it's, it's Curly being full of shit. You know, yeah, I'm, I'm hot shit and I'm going to get this thing and da, da, da. And, and, I, and he just comes off as a total ass. And then... <laughs> The, the character of Judd, the, the other, you know, part of the love triangle, he is not so much the, like, the of mice and men. He is, he's like this autistic incel. Who's, ah, really, that's perfect! Really got, <laughs> yeah, he's really got it in for Lori. And at the uh, end, you know, that he's, was always he's giving thing. up. That was always his thing. How come nobody yeah, wants to yeah. fuck me? I'm angry. Boo. I'm going to kill Curly. Yeah. Yeah, well no, no. He so so that's just it. He's not even he's not even going to kill Curly. What he does at the end is he comes in at the end of the the show and I don't care if I'm spoiling Oklahoma. It's fucking Oklahoma. People. Yeah, you should have seen it by now. Yeah. So his whole thing is he's going to he's going to go, but the way he's going to go is he he plants one kiss on Lori and then he instead of attacking, he gifts as a wedding gift, he gifts Curly a gun and says, "Kill me." And <laughs> Curly does. Uh, and then there's this whole like thing, you know, there's the judge there and there's like this just this bullshit show trial to just say, yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I saw him. He attacked him and and it's all on the up and up and Curly can can have his woman <laughs> and everything's going my way. And, and Lori looks out at the audience in terror. Cut. End of show. Right. Like <laughs> <laughs> so they literally so do Oklahoma up. like the man who shot Liberty Valance. That's amazing. That's yeah. Amazing. And it and like comparing this to other revivals like the King and I revival that came by. The King and I is just inherently sexist and racist and they tried to play it straight. This is inherently <laughs> sexist and they they don't quite play it straight but God damn, I don't know who this is for because good, you know, it's a giant fuck you to anyone who likes the original Oklahoma right. and the patriarchy promoted. <laughs> that, and like, but that's, that's 20% that's why I, of the audience. That's yeah. why I started with that comment about the native Americans is like, I think it's yeah. for people who are like, this show is bullshit. Like, like we've been saying yeah. this for years and I think somebody finally figured it out. So like, yeah. what's, what's next? Like someone does seven brides for seven brothers, but like a me too spin i mean that's that's coming right i mean i don't know people people jokingly call this woke lahoma <laughs> yeah 20 percent of the audience was gone by intermission that's like awesome. a damage uh-huh. you know, here in arizona and nice. all these fuckers are just like this is not for me and i'm like you're right it's not it's it's kind of not for anybody this is a production of oklahoma saying that oklahoma is a bad show and should yeah. no longer exist. dude this solely sounds like like matt parker and trey stone just decided to do like rogers and hammerstein you know what i mean that's that's the feeling I, i'm I getting yes but again it's it's the same exact book and and music they change nothing <laughs> except yeah. everything it's yeah. it's crazy well it is oklahoma anyway, it is oklahoma that that's my fresh <laughs> I don't know how to you, that. like a, a friend of mine who's a musician uh like kicks around all these band names that he wants to do and i think at one point <laughs> one of them was the oklahomos and they really wanted to do that <laughs> just to piss people off i think it was the same day that they came up with confederate fag as like a, a southern <laughs> rock band tribute so yeah anything you can stick it to the these fucking manga types it's awesome so yeah did, befuddled your, your faces brother in the told house. me 
Remember your brother telling me about the the gay Van Halen cover band? Uh, Maybe, <laughs> probably I I, Van Galen. They had mm-hmm. no, no. They had this. God, I can't. I'll I'll think of it later. But like they had a name that's like, oh, that's perfect. That's exactly what you would call a gay Van Halen cover band. <laughs> but I'll have to get back to you. Yeah. Okay. Ah. Uh. So it it blew your mind, is uh, what you're saying, Brian? Oklahoma. No, I was. I kind of just walked out of the theater, slack jawed, going, "Wow, that okay. was the show." You know, they they did that. It's <laughs> um, sort of like I'm, it's sort I'm of like impressed, in the, and I never need to see it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I, I mean, it almost Nobody makes me want to like like you remember the the Gold, Jeff Goldblum movie, The Tall Guy, where he was an actor yeah. who was cast in the role. Uh, of the Elephant Man, but they were doing it like a musical. It was Elephant with the exclamation point. Oh shit! That's <laughs> like that's that's sort of like the weirdness, the the vibe you're you're expressing here. I think it's truly something it, that we can behold. It's like Oklahoma, but with the tone of the ending of Cabaret when they put the audience <laughs> in the you know in the ovens with the Jews. You know, it's just yeah, yeah it's yeah. fucked up. Okay, okay, I dig it. <laughs> Uh, wow. Wow. Yeah. But you so walked out of black, shit. but you walked out of black Adam. That's yeah. bar- That's the lead here, sir. There was nothing <laughs> yeah, no. there. It was just, there was no movie. That, nothing was happening. It was stupid. Yeah, I was yeah. That preview contained almost every superhero cliche of all time. I, I yeah. looked at that. I'm like, there's nothing original here at all. I mean, you gotta understand. I walked out of Black Adam twenty minutes in. There was no sign of any of the characters in that trailer. This thing was taking its sweet ass time getting around to the Black Adam part, and it yeah. really just wasn't working. I mean, but for real, uh, like, like as people have pointed out online on social media, it's like, has Dwayne Johnson ever really made a great movie, let alone no. a good movie? I mean, it's like you. No. And I started thinking oh, back, there's a bunch of good ones. Like what? Yeah. Like what? Um, I'll, I will say those Jumanji movies with him in, in it are pretty fun. <sighs> I um, guess, but not because of him. You know what well, I mean? And Hobbs and Shaw was ludicrous Pass. and was fun. Pass. Come on. That was fun. Okay. It was silly. It was... <laughs> like, I don't know. I, know, I can't I know. think of any, any like, like, like unequivocal, unequivocal success he's had. You know, like the... the 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 Fast and Furious shit, he kind of came into. It was like already happening. Yeah, he yeah, has not that's, had his. That's fair. He has not had his die hard. I mean, yeah, it's just so weird that he's such a thing, because his movies are just. Eh, I don't think I can think of one that I really was like floored by. You know what I mean? So that's why no, it that's, gets me. That's fair. So the fact that he's like the biggest star on the planet right now is just befuddling. But you know, yeah, that's just he's me. just super charismatic, and he doesn't really ruin things. But but you're right; he also doesn't elevate them. <laughs> yeah, right. It's and just, if you uh, give him a movie that's just him, like Rampage or Skyscraper, it's like three stars at at your best. Yeah, oh, right. That's, <laughs> that's right. as good as it's going to get. Skyscraper oh. was literally his diehard. Yeah. Well, I remember oh, when yeah. when when the rundown came out. It was like the first thing he did after the Scorpion King, and it was just a straight up actioner, but at one point in the beginning, when they're introducing his character in a bar before he beats the crap out of some guys, because he's like a, I don't know, like a, a skip tracer type dude, 
uh, he like passes Arnold Schwarzenegger, who just says, uh, good luck. And it was like this winky winky, like passing the torch kind of thing. And then that never came to fruition mm. for me. It's like, oh, really? <laughs> Come on, man. And like, I think he just thinks that that's his deal. He's like, he's the big thing now. But he yeah, doesn't. No, 20 minutes Ugh. into Black Adam, J- Dwayne Johnson had not shown up at all. <laughs> oh, God. Um. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, so much for that. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Uh, overkill. Sorry, sir. I'm sorry. I had, you know what? We took our popcorn home. We watched something else. It was fine. <laughs> <laughs> we watched Super Pets. Fuck you, people. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't watch Super Pets. Anyway. Uh, did you watch Super Pets, Eric? What do you guys got? Yeah. Tell me you watch Super Pets, Eric. I. What's a Super Pets? I don't know oh. this. <laughs> Good on you. Good on you. It's a it's know. a DC cartoon where they basically do like all of the superhero animals. Uh and it's a thing. Seriously, nobody cares. Yeah. Move on. Yeah, yeah. What what did Eric watch? Really? Uh well, I I I just uh okay, first a a, a shout out to Ariel Elias. I know I I keep hammering on this culture wars nonsense, but this is a stand-up comic. You you can see the video on YouTube. She's doing her shit. A MAGA oh. person starts giving her her nonsense about you look like a Biden voter or whatever. This woman's just doing crowd work, and it, it, she's yeah. actually doing a good job. It's just this this asshole is in the audience, and you know she she you know deflates her and then like gets back to work trying to win the crowd back. And this lady throws a beer at her, and yeah, and and she in turn picks up the beer and just drinks the whole thing down. Like thanks for the beer. And she has now got this major career bump because everyone saw this. It was like, yeah. fucking good for you, you know? It's, yeah, but it, it's, it shouldn't... So, speaking of cabaret, here's yeah, this yeah. bitch throwing beer. Yeah. And I, think it was, I think it was the lady's husband even more. And uh, yeah, he, he's going to get some charges. But yeah, that, I saw that clip. I was like, that's insane. Yeah. And it's like, and then, you know, Paul Pelosi getting attacked at his own home by some nut job with a hammer. I mean, it's like, okay, this is where we are. Let's, let's talk about that, because the reaction, reaction to that was not, oh, fuck, this is a problem. No, it's, it's crazy conspiracy theories about how Paul Pelosi was actually this guy's, like, ex-gay lover and shit. Yeah. They're, it's, they're what the fuck, people? And then just, it turns out yeah. that the uh, Secret Service, actually, they have cameras all over the house. They just didn't yeah. see them because they weren't monitoring them. So there is footage of the guy breaking into the house, talking with yeah. the cops, thumping them on the head. Like, all this happened, and so it's like, okay, so now you're going to apologize, right? Right? For all no. this nonsense bullshit you've been saying, right? You're going to apologize now, right? No. No. Because they've learned no, that no. If, you, if you just stick to your narrative ad infinitum, that eventually it becomes the narrative. Yeah. I mean, that's their deal. It's very, it's very Orwellian. I mean, I know we lean on that a lot. 1984 and whatnot, but uh, no, that's no. Orwell wrote that shit to warn us not to behave yeah. like this. So it's yeah. Orwellian it's just, is appropriate. Just, yeah. So it's just <laughs> it's just crazy. So yeah. It's like and, you, but a comedian no, doing their job. There's yeah. no there's no talking to this crowd because it's all based on insanity and it's like it doesn't matter whether they're wrong or right as long as they get their way. It's a child where you're arguing with a nine year old child with these people. And nine, I, you yeah. give them you give them credit, sir. You give them credit. More like Nine-year-old three. child uses their own logic where it doesn't matter what they say as long as they get their toy. You know, it's mm-hmm. that kind. Of yeah, thing. this is 
the world is broken. There was an assassination attempt on the third in line of the presidency, and yeah. these guys are like cheering it on. Well, that's because they made it happen by constantly talking about yeah. that bitch Nancy yeah. Pelosi, who did I'm not sure what to them. Anyway, well, that's what I've been enjoying is like the reaction to this stand-up comic who <laughs> wasn't even trying to do culture war shit and got dragged into it and just handled it yeah. with a plot. Well, you know. Yeah. Well done. It the, is what it is. The other buy, thing, buy it, tickets to her show or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Or at least, or at least, yeah. Check out her 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 her, uh, uh, <laughs> her video that everybody's already checked out. I don't know. Yeah. Well, does she have? I mean, how do you support her financially? Like, does she sell merch? Does she have a Netflix special? You know, find when she that comes to and, your town. I mean, now that she's yeah. a name, you can find that. You know, she's gonna have uh, a tour yeah. schedule. I mean, well, I'm pretty sure like clubs. Kim- I'm pretty sure Kimmel picked her up to be on his show right away because of just the yeah. moxie that she had uh, and composure she on could stage. She chicken wire in front of the stage for her tour like the Blues Brothers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's, I mean, comedy can sometimes be a contact sport, but it shouldn't be dangerous. You know what I mean? Yeah. What have we yeah. become? So the, the other thing people. is for <laughs> Halloween. Halloween, uh, we went out to see a couple of cover bands. The okay. Wa- Were they the good, wanna good names? B-52s. Oh, the wanna be fifty-twos are a local uh B fifty twos cover band. They're just, you know, we've seen them before. They're fun. They're just they're people with day jobs who like the B fifty twos. And yeah, they're good. They're nice. The problem is their opening act was the Beat on Brats, which was a fucking awesome Ramones cover band. With Oh, okay. They didn't do any talk ups just like the Ramones. They they just they just went from one song into the other, just bam, 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 and they were going deep. They had like, they had you know B sides from Rocket to Russia that you just don't normally hear. They these nice. are fans, and it was a real Ramones show. And I was like, oh god damn it, these guys are awesome. But I of course, it. I was tapped by the time the B fifty twos came out. I was like, yeah. I, I kind of don't care. That was the best Ramones show I've yeah. seen since I saw the Ramones. I like it when you get a good tribute band at a, like a local bar where there's like maybe 50 people, if that, in the crowd, and they just give it their all. Like it's an arena show. <laughs> like yeah. it's just it's something to behold. <laughs> like uh, this is like late 90s. I was at some bar and the the band playing was TNT, which was an ACDC tribute band. And like the guy came out dressed like Angus in the schoolboy thing and whatnot. But they literally had like when they did the song TNT, uh, like they would shoot off like flash pods at the back of the stage. I mean, it's like this tiny little <laughs> bar, and it's just like you guys fucking rock because they played them well and they did all the songs, but it was just like, oh my yeah. god! So when they commit, didn't White Snake that's try that? Fun. I don't think that worked out well too well for them. <laughs> no, no, flash that was that was small. Club. That was great. That was great, White sir. Oh, okay. You, you confuse your your metal bands with White in the name. Just get it right. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Glam metal bands from the eighties. They were all white. Let's face it. Yeah, they really were. <laughs> uh, well, so it was a good time. Did you did you keep yelling play the hit? <laughs> no. Uh, mm. We, I, 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 like I said, I there was no time. It was just they were snapping from song to song. Had a great old okay. time. Then B fifty twos came out, and I was suddenly I felt very old because they looked old, and I am old, and everyone right. in the audience is old. And when they got to Rock Lobster. No one, including myself, danced. Like, I, it's the first time I've heard <laughs> Rock Lobster in a live setting where I did not go down, down. Yeah. You know, it, 
Were you like we were looking at your watch? Like, yeah, okay, yeah. Like looking at your watch going, uh, okay, it's almost 8.30, can you wrap it up? I gotta get to bed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Come on, man. Yeah, kinda, yeah. Uh, I mean, <laughs> that's not even an exaggeration. Well, I was like, well, all right, you, we've had it, our fun. Well, if you go to these shows, like this hand, like firsthand experience, like a, a friend of mine who's a drummer in a band uh, does this to his friends when he watches them play, but they're the best heckles uh, when you see bands like this. So number one is play the hit, which is more like a, like a Mike judge kind of a thing. But his thing yeah. was just start going, you're losing them drummer. <laughs> just keep saying that over and over. <laughs> And Why? see if you can throw, because you see if you can throw the drummer off base, like like where he's, the time goes weird. Yeah, see, <laughs> like, hey man, old people got up on stage and were trying to make things fun for you. Why be a dick about it? I mean, yeah, it, you know, why not? Anarchy rules, man. Anarchy. Why do you hate fun, Chris? <laughs> what has fun ever done for me? That's what I want to know. God damn it! <laughs> I think these are all good points. I think these mm-hmm. are all good points. Yeah, because we live in the end times. I don't care. That's what mm. I'm saying. And that's ah. my point. We live in the end times, so I'm going to mm. go have fun. Because fuck it. <laughs> I mean, well, that's the difference between you and me. Like, you're going to go Wang Chung that fucker, and I'm going to just try to destroy. That's my thing. So, so yeah, like, <laughs> no. we've, got, we've got, you know, we've been thinking about mortality because we've got some relatives that are getting on in years and yeah, I was having this conversation with my wife this morning. We're talking about, you know, like funerals and shit. And she's like, I don't want a funeral. I was like, yeah, well the funeral is if anybody throws one, that's because that's for them. You're not going. Yeah. You're, <laughs> you're not. What do you give a shit? Right here. Here's the thing I'm going to do when you die, honey, whatever the heroine tells me to do, yeah. that's what I'm doing at that point. <laughs> yeah, really. You know, it's, and if you think of it also, you don't know when you're going to die even after it happens. So, in a, in a sense, you never die. You don't. Well, I mean, mm. that's just like weddings are not for you. Weddings are for everybody coming to see you get married. It's the same with funerals. They're just, yeah. <laughs> funerals are for people that's, that want to come see you after you're dead. I mean, that's really yeah. You, so. And so maybe now you understand. That's why I want no funeral. I want no headstone. In fact, if I can figure it out, I'm going to have somebody chuck me in the ocean. I want to leave nothing behind and give no one an opportunity to grieve because fuck everyone. That's that's how I want to be remembered. Boy, Eric, uh, is there you dick. go. We'll we'll just bury your ashes <laughs> at a fucking dog park so that animals no can shit on you. Yeah. No ashes. I want to make um, it so I was never here. That's that's my approach. Okay. Okay. Can I can I remind you of this when we're on the boat in March? We yeah. Anyway. Yeah, really. And and Eric doesn't oh, come. Oh yeah. Back. When I hmm. also when I get to that point in retirement where I've run out of retirement savings. I am taking like a shitload of heroin on one of those boats and jumping That's what off. I'm saying, yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. When my wife dies, I'm I'm gonna do all the drugs until I can't, you know. And that's pretty yeah. much how I'm going out. Yeah, good, I think the irony you. is good that I am gonna outlive everyone. That's gonna be the like fucking cruel joke on me is that I'll never yeah. get out of here. <laughs> You're like a Walking Twilight Zone episode, Eric. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's yeah. like yeah, Burgess <laughs> Meredith in the library with yeah. His broken yeah. glasses. You're yes. like fucking Connor. Oh, You're okay. like Connor McCloud. Wow. Just yeah. yeah. Oh, by the way, the <laughs> dark, name of that episode, the name of that uh, Gay Van Halen uh, cover band, Eruption. Yeah. Oh, there you go. There you go. That's a perfect, perfect day. I love Play it. Play the hit. You're losing a drummer. Bring us back on track. Give us some fresh shit. Uh, well, it kind of ties into all of this, strangely enough. Uh, my wife, <laughs> my wife found, watched this uh, a while back and keeps trying to get me to watch it. I finally did. It's I think it's on Netflix or Amazon. I don't know. You can find it, but it's called Rumble. 
The Indians Who Rock the World, and it's a music documentary that basically chronicles all of the weird uh, luminaries of rock history that are Native American or have that background. And so it starts with uh, Link Ray doing the song Rumble, which is the only instrumental to ever get banned anywhere. And like no lyrics or anything. Yeah, but it got banned because they thought it would rile up the teenagers for violence and whatnot. And it's just one of those like seminal surf tunes and it's just like fuzz really? crunch yeah it's so good and it so it starts with that and then you find out that link ray uh is one of like the indigenous uh tribes i think he's like a, a, i can't remember patchy or shawnee or something i can't remember exactly but basically it, and, and it uses that as the springboard to go into all these other uh, rock luminaries that are of the native american background and how they shaped modern rock music and it's just a weird eye-opening thing and then you find out how much they were like shit on during the segregation and the Jim Crow era because they were like even lower than like African-American people and so it's like all of the shit that they had to go through but they bring in all these like different weird influences into their music and then so you start hearing stuff like rumble and then they overlap it with uh, like tribal dancing and you can totally see the connection, and it's nothing I'd never made before. And then, like, my mind just went boof. So now, anytime those things come up, uh, I'm like, wow. Because then you had the like Redbone, they did a whole segment on them, Come and Get Your Love, mm. and they're a full on Native American uh, band. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just, you know, and you, you see like the, the flow through. And then uh, I'm trying to remember his name, I think it was Robert Trujillo. He was a guitarist who ended up playing uh, in a whole bunch of stuff. I think he started with Taj Mahal and then ended up doing the guitar licks for like Jackson Brown and other folks. And it's like all these like full on like classic songs. And they narrow it down to these individuals that come from the Native American background. I was like, wow. So it's this whole plethora of music history that had never been explored before that I just dove into. And it's so huh. much fun to watch. It's so cool. Uh, but it's called Rumble, The Indians Who Rock the World. And I highly recommend it if you like any sort of music history because it's just boom. Hmm. So that's my, my that pick of the cool. week. So get on it, man. Get on it. What'd you, what'd so, you say it was on? on it. Tonto, jump on it. Yeah, exactly. Kimisabe. Apache. Oh, no. Was there? The opposite of. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. What did yeah. you Way say? Way to read Eric? the room, Kruger. Yeah, um, yeah, really. Oh, I'm just here to shit on everything. That's fine. <laughs> what was exactly. that? What's that on? I want to actually see that. Uh, I want to say Amazon and maybe Netflix. One of those. Just, you know, look it up. It's around. It's cool. fun. Uh, but yeah, but it gave me a new appreciation for Link Ray. Because Rumble, man, that's just, wow. And then, like, you get stuff like Jack the Ripper, which plays over the opening of Desperado in that fantasy sequence where he's beating the shit out of everybody in the bar. And it's just that, like, just surf guitar music, but it's just crunchy and it's noisy, but it's melodic. I mean, it's just like, it makes me want to get a whole bunch of Link Ray records now because I went on a I went on a trip one day and just listened to a, a bunch of that stuff. So it's, yeah. it'll... It'll really uh, spark you to to get your surf on too. So it's good times. So know your history. All right, all right. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> that's all I got. Fresh goes back.
Otherwise, this is the, the downer of a movie, Constantine, that Brian made us watch. <laughs> Let's do it. I, you found it a downer? Really? No. Okay, this is going to no, be fun. I'm, I'm kidding. Uh, I'm sort of indifferent to it. I wanted to like it more. Uh, it's just sort of in that mid-tier, like, blade. Yeah. This, I mean, that sort yeah. of thing. So I'll, 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 I'll set the stage with that. This is... There's a whole set of movies that are basically in the first decade of the of the new century that I just did not watch, and I'm gonna blame my kids for this, um, but you know for existing or whatever because you <laughs> hey, know, apparently I missed yeah. everything. Hey, don't make him but, if you don't want him to play. You know what I mean? I only made one, but okay. I have five anyway. Right. Uh, <laughs> you do the math, okay? But but. Uh, yeah, Constantine was exactly that, right? It was the one of those movies. It's it's right there with like Underworld and all of that stuff, where it's just right. like a blade, where it's like they came out and they all had no color, and they were sort of post Matrix movies, but with way lower budgets. And um, I just never bothered. And people keep bringing it up. People keep right. saying, you know, actually Constantine was really good, and you know, it's, I mean, it's yeah. aged well, and and give it a shot. So I said, all right. Let's give it a shot. And so I've now watched Constantine. And yeah. is that your review? Is. <laughs> Pretty <laughs> much. The quick, yeah. And the quick, the quick background, it's a Dark Horse comic book uh, about a, a demon hunter who is uh, terminally ill, and he is going to go to hell when he dies because he tried to kill himself as a youth. And he was mm-hmm. brought back, but he still killed himself. So that means his soul goes straight to hell. So he is throwing demons back into hell, pissing them off more and more, and someday he's going to have to go to hell and be with them. It's yeah. Yeah. It's it's like just this what is it's, what is the thing they keep saying it's it's our um I don't know. There's I'm not going to but it's it's very yeah, much dripping not with even gonna uh, continue. But it's very much dripping with nihilism and cynicism. I mean it's just, you know, he's he's just doomed this Hellblazer guy, John Constantine, and it's just, you know, yeah. it, it somehow works. What I like about it is it's I, an Alan Moore creation, and he was already super pissed at the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen and uh, what was the other one with Johnny Depp, the the John, Jack the Ripper one? From Hell. From Hell. From Hell. Uh, that, that were done uh, just poorly, and he just said, yeah. nope, take my name off, fuck you. <laughs> and this was like the start of that mm-hmm. whole Alan Moore thing. Yeah. yeah. But but here's the thing, it actually it actually does work. I mean, the effects hold up, which was a nice surprise. Mm-hmm. Um the you know, it it doesn't come off as cheesy. It doesn't even really come off as dated. I think the the visualization of hell um works really well. Um it's got a lot of things going for it. It's just as, I don't know. It's it's just kind of low key. As a kid who got like put into a Catholic indoctrination camp for like years and years of his childhood, right? What makes this work is that they actually use the biblical references correctly. It's like all that stuff was scary as a kid because they were trying to sell it as real, and that right. somebody came along and made a film recognizing all this nonsense <laughs> would make great fodder for a movie. Uh, that's yeah. that's the big winner for me. 
Yeah, but, and I guess that's where I it loses me, right? Because like actually going in and being like hell is real and god is real and the devil is real is where the movie loses me. Uh like I'm just like okay, I well, don't I mean, know that I care. I think of it more but like I can totally see why raised in the church that's a whole different experience. I think of it more like um the exorcist is scary because it posits that all this, this shit with the devil exists. You know, right. it's that same mm-hmm. kind of thing where it's like, no, this stuff doesn't exist, but if it did, that would be fucked up. Well, I guess, but where this one sort of falls on the lesser side for me is that I've already seen the prophecy with Christopher Walken, which is kind of almost the same sort of vibe. You know, the, the didn't age as well. Yeah, but it's. <laughs> But it's that same sort of thing. So it's like, you know, the eternal war between the angels and the demons and blah, blah, blah. And then here's Constantine stuck in the middle. Gargoyles and demons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so it's just... Sorry. <laughs> and so it's just sort of uh, run-of-the-mill to me. I mean, there, there wasn't really enough oomph here. Like, I think Hellboy came out the year er- earlier, and I love Hellboy. Whereas this one just didn't quite match that for just sheer entertainment. So that's my in, beef. Again, my my defense would be it, it is like those, uh, maybe not Hellboy, but it is like uh, uh, the prophecy. Except the character of uh, Constantine is a guy who doesn't give a shit, and yeah. there is something really uh, uh, refreshing about <laughs> about an anti action hero. Yeah, you know, or well, an e- action anti hero. Well, even more so the fact that it's Keona Reeves. This is def- this felt like a proto John Wick almost because it's just a guy who's yeah. just yes. beleaguered yes, and exactly. just doesn't give a shit and he's just ready to die but at the same time he's going to take as many of these assholes with him as he can. I mean it's that kind of vibe and so it's it was fun to see that because this is coming off of all of the Matrix shit where he plays yeah. a Neo Christ type figure uh, that's very not this. And so, so it was a nice change of pace, I guess. But at the end of the day, like Eric had done the, the joke at the beginning, it's like, I am a demon hunter. <laughs> I mean, it's like, okay, cool, bro. I mean, it's sort of like where they left it. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, cast wise, though, this, this movie is punching above its ways. A lot of people uh, who are up and comers, you're like, Shia LaBeouf is in this thing. Yeah, barely, um, but he's in it. Jimon, Digimon, Dijon, what's his name? Hansu, Jim- I don't Monster. know how to pronounce yeah. his Jimon, yeah, Jimon Hansu. Yeah. But, but of course, the absolute pinnacle of this is Tilda Swinton as, shows up as, as the angel Gabriel. She, Fully like, channeling David Bowie the entire fuck time. It. Oh yeah, it's totally Thin White Duke. Like the end where she's there and just comes out of the heavens. And her wings flop out. I'm like, oh, yeah. It's Tilda Swinton as David Bowie. I love it. I love it. <laughs> you know, that was like I, I felt very elated in my seat in the theater. Uh, so that was fun. But then it's almost one of by Peter Stormare as Lucifer, who yeah, just like yeah. he was so creepy, and it's just like he does it so well, but makes it look so effortless. <laughs> so a lot of choice casting. Yeah, I agree. Very, very. The, handy. the Peter Stormari devil. What I really loved about that was, I for the first time felt like I was seeing a creature trying to look like a human, but has no idea how to act like a human. Like this yeah. is never <laughs> the meat suit that he's wearing. This well, is only for right now. Apparently, like that that whole look was Stormare's idea. Like the off white suit, and then like the tarred 
gunk dripping off of his feet. I mean, that was like his uh-huh. thing. And so he really went for so broke smart. with that character. <laughs> it's like, yeah. wow. <laughs> so it was good. But like the plot, I mean, I still, I, I've seen it multiple times and I still can't explain much of the plot to you. So it just sort of gets lost in the shuffle to me. A, so that's okay. There's, yeah. let, let, let me see if I can try. There's, uh, we know, we know his character, but there is a, uh, a woman whose sister kills herself a and twin. A, a twin and she is a cop and he's, you know, he, he says that he will help her figure out, you know, why she killed herself. And it turns out that the son of the devil is trying to come through to our plane of existence to take over and to, you know, take the throne of hell from his father, Satan. And, uh, and, 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 uh, the angel Gabriel is conspiring with this son so that the end times can happen. Basically, everybody's trying to make the end times happen. Everybody's yeah, trying. Yeah. It, it's good omens from the bad guy's perspective. Oh, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> I guess that's, yeah, that's a good way to put it. Well done. And, well and done. The, the son of Lucifer is Gavin Rossdale in his entire film career. Yeah. Uh, the lead singer of Bush. Oh, um, actually, it does a pretty good job. Uh, I don't know why he didn't find more work as an actor after this. Uh, yeah, um, I, I don't know. He was pretty story. bad. He was pretty yeah. hammy. He, uh, you could, you could definitely see a director giving him line readings. I think. Yeah. <laughs> sure. I mean, I was never a fan of, then, of the band Bush anyway, so that was sort of a non-starter for me. Oh, how dare you, sir? They're actually pretty good. Um, <laughs> if you say so. No, and then of course the sisters are played by Rachel Weiss. Mm-hmm. Um, playing exactly the same character Rachel Weisz always plays, right down to I think it's contractual that in every movie she has to wear a white shirt and a black bra, and the shirt gets soaking wet. But it's the black bra Unless, keeping things PG thirteen. Was that in the Mummy? <laughs> I don't, every Rachel Weisz movie. I don't remember that in the Mummy, but continue. <laughs> oh, it's definitely in the Mummy. <laughs> Um, um, like the closest I can come to is like this was very much an approximation of her character in that uh, awful Born Supremacy spinoff uh, that she did with Renner. That was sort of the same thing. You know what I mean? Born again? Whatever it was. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Born again. Reborn. Yes. So, yeah. Um, so. Did you Yeah, I mean it all works. It's just not transcendent, right? It, oh, it's I'm so sad. Okay. It, it, I well, love just, this film. <laughs> well, that's that's interesting, Eric, because you usually hate this kind of shit. Like like this feels like product to me. Like it's it yeah. it had it had mm-hmm. a good start and a good impetus, but it just it just was sort of flat to me. I mean, you look at the year that it came out. And it's, you know, it's getting buried by stuff like uh, the Revenge of the Sith and the second Harry Potter mm-hmm. movie or whatever, War of the Worlds. Uh, and like King Kong, even, I think, had still been out for a long time. And this sort of just gets dropped in. And it's before comic book movies became a thing. And so they're yeah. still kind of working through it. So it had some interesting deals about it. Like, but overall, I just was flat. I just, I don't know how to explain it. I, I think. Uh, and I guess the only thing I can say, the, what I love about this movie is its aggressive nihilism. 
that you don't see in yeah. big budget right. films because the action sequences I don't care. I mean they're flat. They're you know they've been done better. You know the horror movie aspect has been done better, but right. the idea of a main character who could give less than a shit about any of it. I mean he he even goes so far as to show you know the woman how many demons there are in Los Angeles chasing her. Yeah. And, That's and a fun once sequence. he's done that, it's like, yeah. all right, well, I'm going back to my apartment. See ya. It's like, yeah. that's a, that's a fun sequence too. When he like lights the, like the shroud yeah. of Moses or whatever. And it like burns all of the demons in the dark. And she's just like, what in the hell is going on? I mean, it's like, you could just yeah. see it on her face. Like, Oh shit. So that's fun. I, I but, like that. I like that his, that, you know, he's, he knows he's fucked as a character. He's brilliant. Cause he knows he's fucked and he's not panicking about it. Yeah, he's just resigned to it. Well, I, yeah, I don't know. I I think that may be what I like so much about it is that someone else is just as you know <laughs> screwed so, up. As me. So <laughs> have, <laughs> so have you have you read any of the Hellblazer stuff, or or do you just like the movie and that's pretty much it for Constantine? Uh, no, I don't think I have read any. No, I haven't. Because apparently they took a lot of departures, which pissed off a lot of the fan base, which I think is another reason this thing has sort of stewed in semi-obscurity for so long. I mean, they're finally getting a sequel, I think, but, uh, yeah. it's, but it's taken like, you know, 16, they, 17 years. But, they made a TV show for NBC as well. Yeah. They did. Yeah. They did. But yeah, no, there's a sequel coming with Keanu coming back. As John Constantine. So, I mean, why not? <laughs> That's happening. Because he's, he's in every fucking franchise now, as it is. But I think what, what pissed off the likes of Alan Moore and the hardcore fan base was that, A, the original Constantine is English. He's from, like, Liverpool or somewhere. Uh, and he looks very David Bowie-esque. But they had to change everything up for Keanu. And then set it in L.A. Yeah. He's American. Uh but what I what I like about the aesthetic is it's very dark city esque in its mm-hmm. aesthetic. I hate dark city as a movie, but I love the way it looks. And so Francis Lawrence, the director here, gets a lot of that right. He does that weird sort of uh, golden era L.A. noir look that just fits. But at the same time, it's yeah. got this like bonkers story about devils and gods and whatever. I mean, it's just sort of a very weird balance. Uh, so aesthetically, it's a cool movie. It's very well crafted, but at the center is just this hollow nugget, and so that's why it's just sort of a disappointment overall. I don't know. Mm. But the fact that you yeah. love it, Eric, is funny. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, you know, I don't. I know it's pulp. That's the thing. I I know yeah. it's not. You know, it's not great, but. It's yeah. It, I think I think the fact that it is shit on so. If everyone loved this film, I wouldn't like it. I'd be like, it's <clears> not that true. good. Got some yeah. stuff. This Maybe is one of those ones where I'm like, I want someone to at least recognize some of the gems that are in this. Yeah. 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 And and the highest praise I'll give it is again, this is a movie in the post Matrix phase of things where we're still trying to get the CGI figured out and all of that, but it does kind of hold up. Like it doesn't. It doesn't look shitty and dated the way a lot of movies from that point in time do and it doesn't 
date it. I mean, maybe there is a, cl- a scene in a rave where they play the prodigy or some shit. I can't remember, but <laughs> well, it's when they um, go in the club, yeah. And it's like my wife and I always joke. It's sort of like Euro trash disco, that? yeah. When they walk through the vampire club okay. or whatever. Well, I I I forgave them that. You know, yeah. it it holds up. I mean, it it the effects are good. It is what it wants to be. Yeah, it's well executed. The scenes where there is supernatural stuff, I think play really well it's got a clean aesthetic i you know it's on in a way i know they made it to be tv That's show but it's not yeah. a scary movie but it's unsettling yeah, yeah. well so the fact i think it's successful on its own terms well the fact that it had been in development for a while so picture this uh so tarson singh uh who did the cell among others was gonna do it with nick cage as Constantine. Oh wow! And that whole thing, that whole <laughs> thing fell apart. Writer. Yeah, that whole thing fell apart uh, with creative differences or whatever. And that's when uh, Keanu Reeves came in, and then they got Francis Lawrence and yada yada, and the rest is history. But I'm just trying, like again, trying to imagine like what a non-restrained version of the Constantine character would be like, because that's Nick Cage doing his Nick Cage stuff. Do you know what it is? <laughs> Do you know what it is? Drive angry. Uh, did you ever okay. See yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. Where he you're comes right. back okay. from hell to save his daughter. Yeah. Okay. I guess. Uh, but I will give I will give Reeves credit because he does do the stoic uh, thing well. It's just he he's just there, man. This one doesn't really give any oomph to me. So it's just once you get over the fact that he just is like I I just don't give a shit in his character that it's sort of like, well, what else is there? And then by the end, when Satan cures him of his uh, lung cancer, just as a final fuck you. (laughs) So now he doesn't even have to fall back on. And so then by the end, he's not smoking cigarettes anymore. He's like chewing gum. I thought that was a nice little touch, Mm -hmm. but now it's like, he's in his own version of hell because now he can't even smoke. (laughs) So it's like, no, no, no. It's uh, that it's, it's, he has uh, been given, um, yeah, his reprieve, and he's not going to waste it. That's what yeah. I took it as. It's like, well, yeah, this yeah. is now a complete sort of character shift for him. He's He's been um, absolved. Yeah. But I like also the end where they don't make Rachel Weiss and Keanu Reeves kiss. They don't do any sort of romantic yeah. bullshit. And they yeah. address this, too. They said, uh, we basically said if there's a scene for that, we're not going to film it. Because we don't even want that around as a tempt for this sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, so they made very sure that that wasn't going to happen. And I applaud them for that. Cause that I hate when movies do that. It's like, well, it's a man and it's a woman. We got to get them together. It's like, no, you don't No, you don't. Yeah. So this one made sense. Oh, and, and it's not that he cures his lung cancer that, uh, you know, gives him the second chance. It's that God forgives him. That's the big thing is that he yeah. sacrifices himself. And so God says, okay, I'll let you into heaven. And he's like, I'm not blowing that now. And and that's, I think, where the ultimate sequel had to go was he is not going to fuck up his chance to get into heaven, but the devil still really wants John Constantine. And so now he's going to put all his effort into getting it. Yeah. Temptation. Yeah. Well, well, were they, yeah. were they messed up, though, I think? And this would have been a nice touch because uh, apparently in the, the comic in Hellblazer, uh, he can see the ghosts of all the people that he's managed to get killed or some shit. And so he's haunted by <laughs> like all these people that he knows oh. that are dead. And so that's like one of his like weird powers. And so, I mean, it's sort of Frighteners-esque, but at the same time, it would have been funny to see 
uh, how they would play that up. But I guess they just cut that right out. So I don't know. There is one part in that movie, and again, it gave me chills the first time I saw it. Uh, his 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 Cato is Shia LaBeouf. Yeah. Who at one point, you know, ultimately gets killed, and in the end, Shia LaBeouf has got angel wings and takes off into the air, and it's just ooh, I don't know. Oh, in the, the in way the it was done. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's. <laughs> I think that might. Knowing that now, what you say about seeing the dead people, I think that had to have come from that. I could see where Alan Moore would get pissed off, though, because so many of his things have been adapted poorly, or at least have been adapted poorly and made a lot of money. Yeah. Like Red, Watchmen, and uh, uh, V for Vendetta. It's like, Like he is sort of fodder for filmmakers to take what they want and leave the rest. Yeah. He's like, I don't care. But uh, yeah. but this one this one's just amusing, uh, because he got really pissy about it. Like I guess he like whatever money he makes, he just gives the charity or something because he's just like I don't want it, fuck it, <laughs> which is he, just he, very funny. He said something. I his his conclusion is very smart. He was like, making movies out of comic books is a dumb idea because they're supposed to be comic, you know, or yeah. graphic novels or whatever you want to call them. You're yeah. converting it into a different art form that's not meant for. If, yeah. if, you know, doing that basically takes away from the form of the uh, comic book. I guess, but you could lay that on any adaptation down the line, yeah. be it, you know, whatever. So, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know why the, the conclusion to all these is, go read the comic book. They always say, oh, the book is better. No one ever says, oh, the comic book is better. <sighs> I guess. I don't know. I just think this one had a lot of mm. a lot of hurdles because like Hellboy came out the year before, so they were worried about using the Hellblazer title because they didn't want people to get confused. So then they call it Constantine, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah. So I think it just it had a lot. Yeah. No, no, I'm sorry. I just, you're, you're talking about titles. I'm like, I'm amazed it took this long for Sandman to come out because that was the other one that was big. <sighs> yeah, but again, that one I I watched it and that one also kind of flat. I don't know what what was up there. It started okay, and then it just sort of fizzled. I just I was I felt. I didn't. Is, is it I haven't dark seen and it. Brooding just, works better in comic book form than movie form. <sighs> maybe it's is, just easier to that, draw. I mean, maybe I don't know. Look at Sin I, I City. Think maybe so. Yeah. So look at yeah. Sin City. That one, but that one they had to almost make the film be a comic book for it to work. Yeah, and if you look at yeah, but in like general, like yeah. A comic book, you know, if you're wanting to be dark and brooding and you've got your Cure album on or whatever and you're you're in your room, you can kind of read it at your own pace and you can kind of wallow in it. Whereas wallowing in depression in movie form, yeah, it it doesn't it it's not it it's lacking a certain intimacy or euphoria or something that comes along with yeah. wallowing in a, you know, depressing album or something. It's yeah, in movie form, I don't like it. It's it's off-putting. It's depressing. It's like, well, this sucks. Yeah. You know? I think where they probably should have gone mm-hmm. more with this one was lean more into making it more of like a detective noir thing and making Constantine yeah. like that typical L.A. gumshoe who's seen it all, done it all, blah, blah, blah. They were they were yeah. sort of hinting at that, but they didn't go full out maybe to hew closer to the if, source material, but yeah. I don't know. If this had been a streaming show first if they had done this whole thing as a streamer that all would have happened they would have yeah. had the space to do that yeah it's one of the reasons i think like television now 
you know, they make better shows than they do movies because they have the room to do everything they want to. Yeah, maybe. It's true. It's true. But uh, anyway, Constantine. I mean, final did, thoughts. Yeah. I mean, did I you highly did... recommended? I say. <laughs> I mean, it's not. I believe it's not bad. It's just not amazing. You know. I you believe know, it's on it, HBO Max. You can watch it for yeah. yourself, and then you know, tell here's, us what you think. This? How's yeah. this? Okay, here's my one line review. Here's my Bob Finster review. <laughs> much better than Blade. Uh, oh hell uh, no! Uh, Blade was uh, so much more fun. Blade was so much more fun. What I think, what I what I could recommend you about Constantine is that knowing what we know now about stuff like John Wick, it's definitely you could see Keanu kind of fleshing out that version of his persona a little bit more, and so he's he's gravitating away from the the you know the the neo stuff and all of the the movies from the eighties and kind more of, of a grown it, up. Yeah. And being yeah. A, a little bit more of a, a nuanced complex type of a character and it works. So there's elements of John wick in Constantine. Right. I totally watch it now and go, okay, I can see where that's going to parlay later. So that, well, that I can to help I can, Brian with his attempt to get us out of this show. Let me just say, I don't think <laughs> yeah. we've ever had another, a greater need or opportunity for somebody to write us and tell the, tell us their opinion of Constantine. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And if you want to do that, go to our website, maghuge.com, and you'll find links to all the ways to contact us. Maybe we'll still have a Twitter. If we do, it's at maghuge. <laughs> Don't know. Uh, we'll see. Uh, uh, otherwise, find us on Facebook or Instagram or email us, magnificentlyhuge at gmail.com. And as always, we're trying to grow the show, so share it with your friends on social media, rate it on iTunes, subscribe to the podcast, and check us out next week. Yeah, or don't, whatever. Who gives a shit? (laughs) (laughs) Nihilism! (laughs) We are nihilists. Cha-cha-cha. Yeah. (laughs) Nihilists!